First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org. I think the last two years have shown that we're vulnerable to a lot of things, even in America. So what is God teaching us out of that? I don't think He's teaching us to yell more and curse louder. I think He's teaching us to be about our Father's business. invite you now to join us for First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and our guest is Charles Morris, the radio host of Haven Today. We'll catch up with Charles as he applies the Word of God and a biblical worldview to the events around us, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com, where we've archived hundreds of interviews covering more than 10 years of guests. The interviews can be listened to online, or you can download them for listening at your convenience by subscribing to our podcast or maybe downloading our free smartphone app. It's called First Person Interview, and it's free in your app store. Charles Morris is a trained journalist who combines that skill with a thorough knowledge of God's Word. The combination helps all of us better understand our world in light of eternity. He brings clear biblical teaching to many topics, and I enjoy listening to his program. So I contacted Charles recently just to catch up with him and his ministry. Haven Today has been around for many, many years and has a long and very storied history. It was started before television. Uh, It is the oldest daily Christian radio program still going. and. and we were the last ministry uh, to have started with the theater organ playing underneath the entire program. <laughs> and we were the last ministry standing to still have an in-house music group, a quartet. Back to the Bible had disbanded their quartet probably 10 years before we did. Um, and uh, however, we didn't call them quartet, the quartet, because my predecessor said, even though the Beatles was a quartet, they didn't call themselves a quartet. <laughs> so he dropped the quartet word, and we were just Haven. Right. And we were known for our music. But when I came 23 years ago, we had left Hollywood where we were founded, uh, and we had bought the old Maranatha Music Studios. So we were down in Orange County near Disney and uh, Disneyland. And um, so we had these big studios. We could, we would still rent it out to other Christian musicians and, and a lot of Christian music that people would know was recorded in our studios. So next phase, my background was secular journalism. I was in radio TV news. Then I went with UPI. I was an editor and then a bureau chief for UPI. And then the Lord got hold of my life. I was a Jonah running from the Lord And just a couple of years after I came to Haven, 9-11 happened, and that changed everything for us. You know, we've never been the largest Christian ministry, even though we were, you know, we we started things. But uh, times had changed, days had changed. We didn't have the quartet anymore, but on 9-11, we still did. I was speaking somewhere, the quartet was singing there, and and we were doing a radio share-a-thon too, and 9-11 hits, and we had just a few months before begun distributing by satellite. So, you know, we're not a newscast, but my background is news. Mm-hmm. And so within 
two hours of the second plane hitting the second tower of the World Trade Center, we did the impossible. We had a new program up. Now, there were still fax machines. We had to get through to our stations to let them know, hey, we're sending you a replacement. Sure. So we actually sent a fax, our agency sent a fax to all our radio stations across North America, letting them know we were going to do this. I actually did the broadcast by cell phone. And uh, and I gave our producer back in LA uh, four questions. And the pastor of the largest evangelical church in New York City in Manhattan, uh, I gave our producer uh, Tim Keller's unlisted home number and said, just call, call, call. You know what I'm talking about, I Wayne. Do, you're, yeah. a, you're an old radio guy. <laughs> and, it, and, and don't give up. Every five minutes, call. Bug that number. Bug him. He will pick up. And he did. So we had Tim on for a few minutes. The only interview he gave for six weeks, he thought he had lost 2,000 people at the time. It mm. turned out he had to bury a few hundred Still a great time of depression for he and his wife, Kathy. We had known each other back in Philadelphia years before. So um, we changed the name. We made it Haven Today. We started the program by talking about various things going on in the world. Uh, that's been harder the last few years because politics has seeped more and more into not just our culture, but into our faith. Right. which I consider to be a crime that that's happened, no matter whether you're conservative or liberal, I don't care. But people always thinking they've heard me say something that I didn't say. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. So anyway, that's where we are today. Yeah. And uh, well, listen, other- I, I love the fact that God uh, prepared you uh, with that background in journalism and, uh, and the, the change that came in your life to, you know, set the direction of your life in the, towards Haven and Haven today. And it, that's what makes the program unique, Charles. It really does. And I, I think you're, what, the fourth speaker on the broadcast through the years. That's right. And yeah, speaker each, number four. each man has had its own little mark on the program, haven't they? I mean, yeah. certainly is a reflection of you and your strengths is what I'm saying. And that's what we appreciate. Now, Haven Today allows you to kind of roam the world. I mean, as with that journalistic instinct that you have, you like to get out. You don't you don't sit in a studio and talk to people like I do much of the time. But you you like to get out in the world and experience. And I've done some of that too. I mean, that that's exhilarating for you. Well, I, I I'll tell you what I started praying about, and this was no reflection on on Ray Ortland. Just anything evolves, I'll use the word evolve, and changes over time. We had never been the traditional Christian radio program where it's a pastor with a sermon being cut up into programs. Mm -hmm. And the longer the pastor preaches, the more days they could get out of the program. That had never been us. And we had a history that had been lost by the time I got to Haven of being involved in Christ around the world. What's Christ doing? And I had this deep sense, even 23 years ago, that Christians, especially in America, were becoming more introverted, more into themselves, and less open to the Great Commission. I'll never forget the first full board meeting after I came on uh, as, as the head of the ministry, And I asked one of our longtime board members sitting next to me, 
who lived up in Hollywood, I said, why, you know, we're the ministry that raised the first money to start Far East Broadcasting, to start World Vision, to start another number of things. Uh, When the Rwanda uh, episode took place 30 years ago now or whatever, we were broadcasting from Rwanda. And he looked at me and he said, it doesn't make money. Mm. Mm. And I thought to myself, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and my heart sank, but I decided I'd pray about it. Now, to his credit, the next board meeting, he asked my forgiveness for saying that and said that was not a reason to not be interested in what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So, 9-11 was the beginning of that. Okay, But whether it's a tsunami in Asia or ISIS trying to take over the Middle East and build a caliphate, and they're still not dead yet. When things have happened in the world, an earthquake in Haiti or whatever, much of the time I would go there. And uh, if I could easily get in, and we would broadcast. And one of the things Haven has done for 88 years is we will raise money for someone else. And we've never taken a percentage out. You've That's been unusual. so generous. Uh, I, I think my listeners know of my involvement with Mission Eurasia and yes. what's been going on in Ukraine. And you've been very instrumental in providing many, many funds uh, to be used uh, and given to Mission Eurasia to put to use in ministry in Ukraine. So uh, well, we've it, been the it, beneficiaries it, it, of that uh, generosity. Thank you. We were astounded. And, and of course, you know, we've talked about this, of course, you know, we just two or three days after the war started, we were there. Yep. Uh, we, we got on planes. Yeah. Huh? Over there, yeah, you, with, you beat uh, me there. I'll never forgive you for that. You got there before I did, a, just by a few weeks. Wayne. <laughs> but uh, but we were there for you know for for one week. We were actually traveling with uh, Sergei Rakuba, yeah. and uh, who is of course Ukrainian. So we had a built-in translator with Sergei, and uh, mm. and we raised more money than we've ever raised for anything else in the history of these eighty-eight years. 87 years then so i you know i don't know we're not and i have dreams you know i'm getting older and i need to go away and find a fifth speaker and (laughs) you know that'll happen sometime in the near future but um you know i have dreams of where we want to go and and if 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 you try to just do uh things say constantly on other parts of the world uh, people lose interest, you know, mm-hmm. but if it's, if especially if it's in the flow of the secular news in the world, that's the time strike where the iron is hot and, and people are interested and Christians will get on board. And I'm convinced of that I'm not going to go to Iran, but I've had a dream the last three years. Uh, I mean, we're into Cuba now. We, we, a, a California based ministry having to wait, 83 years before it started a Spanish program, that's a sin. But we're into Cuba. Biggest revival in the Western Hemisphere still goes on, even with all their problems, and probably in part because of their problems. God uses problems to grow his kingdom. But I want to do do a series in Iran, too. And that is the greatest revival in the world right now, and it's a totally underground church. It's an untold story. It, it is an untold story. And the way I'll get there is there's secret training going on in Turkey. I can go to Turkey easily enough. 
Uh, and also in London, there were a number of churches, uh, two or three large Iranian expat churches that have been the driving force behind this underground and underground church. And the interesting thing is they figured out a system where the secret police can't get inside it. Wow, wow. And it just drives the Iranian running and secret police nuts, you know, as you can imagine, you know, in a repressive country. We're catching up with the life and ministry of Charles Morris of Haven Today on First Person, and it will continue in a moment. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Charles Morris, the host of Haven Today, and we've just been talking here as old radio friends about how God has uh, led Haven Today and Charles specifically around the world to tell the stories of uh, God at work around the world and the growth of the church. Uh, sometimes uh, these stories uh, don't get enough exposure. We we do need to be educated in this country as believers about what God is doing around the world. And I thank you for doing that, Charles. What are some of the other places and projects and stories of the past 20 plus years that that stick out in your mind? Some of those experiences, if you'd share those with us. One of the things I brought to Haven, now we've always been all about the gospel and all about Jesus, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to be more intentional in how we describe that. So telling the great story, we're all about Jesus. That's our slogan. Uh, that actually came from losing one of our own children to a drug overdose. That's saying he had a drug overdose. Uh, we don't think it was deliberate. The last six weeks of his life, he would call me every Saturday night, Dad, would you pick me up? I want to go to church. I want to hear the gospel preached. Pick him up, take him. His girlfriend told us, that that last six weeks he had been reading his Bible again. We have great confidence he'll be in heaven. But when we got the call, our two best friends in California, he's a pastor, we called them and told them what had happened. And they met us at the scene and yellow tape, crime, you know, everything, crime tape, scene tape was there around it. And in Orange County, California, the county sheriff's office, the chaplains are all out of Calvary Chapel. And two of those chaplains were there. And I'll never forget, we we just had a season of prayer with our son's body in a body bag. Uh, They hadn't even removed his body yet. And we went back to our house with this husband and wife, pastor and his wife, And we just wept. It was all we could do. We just wept, all four of us. And towards the end of the evening, and poor Ted had to preach the next morning. And Ted said, um, finally, we'd just run out of tears. And yet we were still just dry tears were flowing. And uh, Ted, so you know, he said in the end, it's all about Jesus. And and then it was about a year later that I was having 
breakfast with a friend of mine in Vancouver who had pastored a, a, a large church in California. He would do the Easter sunrise service at the Hollywood Bowl every year, and but he was preaching and, and teaching in Vancouver. He had lost a son due to suicide uh, and uh, uh, an orphan who had come from Russia. And he said, you know, it is all about Jesus, but what you're really doing is telling the story that's all about Jesus. And I thought, that's it. That's what we need to describe ourselves with on the program. So along the way, in addition to the big things going on, whether an earthquake, a tsunami, a war, or whatever's going on, every day we aim for 10 minutes of solid Bible teaching. We actually come from the standpoint of we want to show the redemptive thread, all the scripture is all about Jesus. You need to read the Bible through the Jesus lens, Genesis to Revelation. And um, so that's what we do. But we we feature interviews, too, one-on-one. And I'll never forget probably one of the first interviews I ever did when I first came to the program. And we've lost, we've lost the interview. We moved. <laughs> and for some reason, we can't re-air it because it's lost. I was oh. speaking in Pennsylvania, and I met this guy who had been attacked in his home, with, and his wife was there, and the man had a hatchet. And you could still see, be, be, they didn't think he was going to live. The guy was arrested later, sent to prison, and this guy would go to the prison and would share Jesus and let him to the Lord. Now, he's dead now. He's with the Lord, so I can't do the interview again. But even when the guy came out of prison, they took the guy into his into their home really? for the transition. That's nothing but the love of Christ. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I, I love the, the model that you have of using uh, real-life stories to teach biblical principles. That's what you're doing. You're just, I mean, you just open your eyes to what's around us. Jesus did that, didn't he? He did. I, I think we have a great calling, and and I got this. I, I I've rarely used this, although I do once in a while. When I got into Christian ministry, I was working for the late James Montgomery Boyce uh, at Tenth Presbyterian Church. Uh, he had the Bible study hour before him. It was the late Donald Gray Barnhouse. Yes, but I remember. Yeah, Jim Boyce's line that he always used a lot was. Christians today more than ever need to think and act biblically. Yeah. And what does that mean? And I try to think, how can we get our listeners, how can I be thinking and acting biblically? And of course, it always comes back to grace. Grace trumps everything. Uh, you know, nothing can surpass the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's that's yeah. that's just what I try to keep in mind. But there's you... another part to that, and I'm sure you know this. The other part is that we learn from each other, and and if we're closed off in our own culture and our own little world, and we don't learn from believers, let's let's say right now the the perfect example is the believers in Ukraine are teaching us so much mm-hmm. about what it means mm-hmm. to remain faithful during times of suffering. Uh, if we don't learn from each other, we are much the poorer for it. Absolutely. Wayne, you and I have talked about this. When we went in and started doing our broadcasts from the war zone, we were asking people to pray boldly and give boldly. Pray that God would turn this Russian army around, that would turn Putin around. He would even 
confuse him, as we've seen in Old Testament times. Wayne, I believe that's happened. Hmm. Sure, the war's hmm. still going on. Yeah. It's horrible. Terrible what's things happening. are happening. Sure. But I think God stopped Putin hmm. from sweeping through the entire country. Yes, that's what he planned to do, wasn't it? I think so. As we've seen in Russia, when the wall came down and, and, and the Soviet Union dissolved, we've seen it in China, and we've been active with FEBC in China even since 70 years ago when we helped found Far East Broadcasting. What you have in Ukraine is a very interesting uh, opportunity because 98% of the people would be Orthodox. The Orthodox has a grand history that goes back the Eastern Church, the Orthodox people would know the Lord's Prayer, they would know the Apostles' Creed, and yet for the most part, they don't read a Bible. What thrilled my heart as in helping to raise funds for Mission Eurasia was it wasn't just food boxes, it was Scripture hmm. and the Gospel. Gospels of John, New Testaments, yeah. Jesus Storybook Bibles yeah. by Sally Lloyd-Jones, Every box has the word of God. Nearly two million copies of the scriptures in one form or another have been printed. Not all distributed yet, but printed and ready to go. And hundreds of thousands have been distributed. Well, and, and for the first time in generations, the Orthodox have been thirsty for God's word. That doesn't return void, as we know. I believe as a result of a war, and I'm praying that a great revival will happen. And I, again, I don't know how God can do that, but I saw it in Iraq. More Muslims came to faith in Christ in a 10-year period than the prior 1,400 years of Islam combined. Amazing. Even as I say negative things about Putin, and in one way or another, I do believe he is crazed, and the Russian Orthodox Church is kind of backing his craziness. The fact is, we need to be praying that the gospel would continue to go forth in Russia. And of course, FEBC's there, you know, Mission Eurasia, you know, a lot of offices have had to be closed down and evacuated, pressure coming on right now, same thing happening in China. But through the history of the church for 2,000 years, where there is trouble, there is growth. And I think we just hang on to that and continue to pray boldly. I think the last two years have shown that we're vulnerable to a lot of things, even in America. So what is God teaching us out of that? I don't think he's teaching us to yell more and curse louder. I think he's teaching us to be about our Father's business. That is such a helpful reminder for how we approach the world we live in, even with the challenges that seem so daunting. You've been listening to Charles Morris, the radio host of Haven Today, and we've enjoyed hearing from him here on First Person. There will be more about Charles and the Haven Ministry in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. And if you'd like to listen again or share the link to our interview, just go to that same website, firstpersoninterview.com. While you're online, visit febc.org for updates on the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company's mission of taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. FEBC has over 900 indigenous broadcasters in 50 countries faithfully sharing the gospel message. Learn more at febc.org. Now with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person. First Person.